Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's that time of year again. It's Radiothon. And out of the blue, we're running our annual fundraising trivia night. It's on Wednesday the 23rd of May at 6pm at Highlander Bar in the city. So jump on our Facebook page, Out of the Blue, for more information and tickets. Hope to see you there. Come along and have some fun. Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday 22nd of April 2018. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website, www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue, where you'll find a number of previously broadcast episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. My name's Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook, and today's weather is uh, absolutely gorgeous in the fine city of Melbourne. Uh, we've got uh, beautiful sunny weather. Um, the uh, UV index at this time of the year is pretty moderate uh, on number four on the scale or approximately today. Uh, light northerly winds and uh, the sea is as flat as a tack. 
3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. My apologies, listeners, I just had to quickly cut to a community service announcement then because I had a bit of a frog in my throat. I once told a guest of mine that uh, a frog in the throat's a pretty natural thing for an aquatic show, Uh, but there's a bit of uh, head cold, a few lurgies going around in the community these days. Uh, I don't know if it's a change of season or what, but I just started speaking then and I could could feel that things weren't well, so I had to fix myself up a bit off, uh, off air, which is always a good thing luckily remember to turn off the microphone while I did it. Anyway, back to what I was saying before, uh, light winds, gorgeous day in Melbourne, a uh, bit of sea mist around, I noticed that yesterday out at uh, Point Cook Marine Sanctuary a um, little bit to talk about today uh, firstly, the sea slug census is this weekend, um, later on today we've got the Field Naturalist Club of Victoria, uh, they're having their juniors come out to Point Cook Marine Sanctuary for a tour today um, and also there's been a bit going on uh, during the week with the cancellation of the Margaret River Pro uh, surfing event, a uh, bit of uh, discussion of sea urchins around. So um, a bit to talk about, uh, a bit to talk about in today's uh, in today's session. Um, as I mentioned just before, and we uh, went into a bit of detail last time I was on air with Caroline Esbenshade from Marine Care Point Cook, and I believe my uh, other panellists um, have been doing quite a bit of work in this space as well. Uh, Cade Mills was uh, on air, I think it was last week, discussing the sea slug census, um, talking in a fair bit of detail about uh, about that. Uh, the sea slug census is on for the, uh, for the weekend, so it's yesterday and today. Now, yesterday, I myself headed out to... Point Cook Marine Sanctuary and had a good look. Um, the thing to note right at this uh, this time of the year, um, one of the, the things to note is that the weather is just absolutely perfect for uh, for the conditions. Um, really, what you've got is is seas that are basically dead flat. Uh, the sea yesterday looked like a mirror, and it was some of the best visibility that I've seen at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary now for for quite a long time. I'm I'm talking probably this time last year um, when I noticed that the weather the the water visibility was as good as it was yesterday. And there's a few things you can put that down. To. Quite interesting, I was chatting to Cade Mills from the Victoria National Parks Association just recently, and he did mention that uh, with a recent survey that had been done on the condition of Port Phillip Bay, it was the opinion of a lot of snorkelers and divers that things like siltation and water turbidity were really becoming some very, very significant issues. Now, looking at uh, Point Cook Marine Sanctuary, where I, um, uh, where I am, um, I've been living in the suburb of Point Cook now since 2005. And it was uh, basically as a result of um, constantly going back to the Point Cook Marine Sanctuary and uh, doing that for most weekends. And at that point in time, my brother, Davo, who's listening, um, mentioned to me, well, why don't you live at Point Cook? And as it turned out, I pulled the trigger on that one. I did. Uh, very luckily got into the uh, into the neighbourhood uh, when I did because uh, shortly after that, within about five years, the house prices absolutely skyrocketed. Uh, but being one of the first houses in the street, it's given me a, a good opportunity to see the changes 
fires that have occurred at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary. Now, the, the difficulty um, for the, the benefit of our listeners of uh, being able to gauge change um, is such that you, you, you see trends occurring over time, but unless you actually document it in some meaningful uh, way, shape or form, sometimes it's hard to, uh, to to come up with something and say, look, the, the water seems to be a lot more turbid than it once was. But I do know that is certainly the case at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary. The water is much more murky these days. And there's probably a few things that contributed uh, that have contributed to that. Firstly, when I moved into Point Cook in about 2005, right through until 2009, we were um, experiencing some really, really severe drought conditions, and that had some really interesting impacts on the uh, on Point Cook and Northern Port Phillip Bay in general. What it meant was that there were very few freshwater inputs actually entering Port Phillip Bay, and when you get freshwater inputs, it does a few things. Um, it plays around with the refractive indexes of the uh, of the water and makes the water look a bit uh, weird um, from time to time. That's that's to be expected. But of course, it washes in lots of um, Gunk from the uh, from you know whether it be rivers or creeks or various tributaries, all that freshwater input comes into the bay and invariably brings with it quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of gunk. Now, it was quite interesting listening to a talk from Dr. Paul Carnell from Deakin University's Blue Carbon Lab, where he was discussing the explosion in sea urchins, um, sea urchin numbers. And his idea is that um, the drought, if if anything, uh, what that may have done is stimulate quite a bit of algal production to a, to a degree, um, and the urchins basically ran unchecked. One of the ways to kill urchins is to get these freshwater inputs happening. And um, it's one of those situations where if the freshwater inputs come I mean, you do see a considerable number of dead urchins. So the urchins were basically um, off on uh, allowed to go off on their merry way and were, were producing enormous numbers of offspring. And we find a situation like the one we do now where the, um, the, the urchins are running right. There's recently been that cull of about 17,000 of them at, uh, at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary. Um, some have asked the question, well, if you're getting all this murkiness in the water, is that due to higher exchange uh, rates in the bay, so to speak, with regards to water? water volume and flushing as a result of channel deepening and dredging. A difficult one. Some are adamant that that's what's caused the Portsea Beach to go missing, um, but that's something that's been documented over a number of years. Again, sometimes it's quite difficult to come up with a smoking gun for these things and actually prove comprehensively one way or another that uh, the issue has been caused by uh, you know any particular uh, single point source. I will say I've got to give a bit of a plug to um, Melbourne Water and uh, City West Water and all these other organisations that have been involved in uh, water treatment around uh, Point Cook and Wyndham Shire for that matter. These days when you see brand new estates going in and uh, in living in Point Cook uh, as I have since 2005, I've had plenty of opportunity to see that. There's lots of them going on right as we speak around Saltwater Coast which is directly adjacent to the Point Cook Coastal Park and Marine Sanctuary and you see none of these developments basically go in without having the wetlands dug in first. Uh, they, they get the excavators in, dig out wetlands and they basically create these great big man-made wetlands. Why are they so heavy? Why, why are they so focused on getting wetlands in? Well, basically, wetlands function as magnificent botanical filtration systems for all the gunk that uh, is invariably going to enter the water as a result of increasing levels of urbanisation. So the impacts on uh, Port Phillip Bay, are sometimes they're, they're quite difficult to prove, um, but other times it, uh, it seems uh, pretty straightforward what the, the long-term trends are.
Um, overall, I've got to say, when I hopped in at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary, everything was in me favour. I had the underwater camera. I was having a good look around, very motivated to get in and find the sea slugs. Uh, nudibranchs. Um, how many do you reckon I found yesterday? Um, and it was something I was in, in fear of all week. Zero. Uh, didn't get off the mark. Um, out for a duck, unfortunately, yesterday. Uh, didn't see a single goddamn nudibranch. Um, and does that say they're not there? Uh, no, it doesn't. We've traditionally found those in the deeper waters of the Marine Sanctuary. You find them cruising around, a few false alarms, looking at some brightly coloured sponges and thinking, oh, is that a nudibranch? Is that a nudibranch? And no, it wasn't, unfortunately. Um, But like I said, it's not to say that they're not around. They are certainly there, but uh, a lot of them are probably very, very small and hidden in various nooks and crannies. But unfortunately, we didn't uh, didn't see any yesterday. Um, Serratostoma um, is one of those ones that uh, is very brightly coloured. I mentioned that in my last uh, program with Caroline. Um, We've got some terrific photos of those, but unfortunately, we weren't able to get them yesterday so I'll be sending in a grand total of nothing to uh, Cade Mills except for probably a brief email saying sorry mate couldn't see any but uh, them's the breaks. That's the way it goes. Did get a, uh, a, a reprieve of sorts. It was certainly worthwhile getting in the water yesterday. There's quite a bit around. Um, we're seeing uh, lesser numbers of uh, rays, but interestingly, yesterday we got some uh, lucky enough to get some fantastic footage of uh, the uh, of a Port Jackson shark, which was um, in the uh, in the water and, and doing the rounds. A, a female that was cruising around and managed to get close in and get some nice um, stills footage as well as. Some some uh, video footage of her making her way through the water. Uh, gorgeous animals. The, the coloration of the Port Jacksons. If uh, if you're sitting at home now and you've got your uh, your iPhone handy, just punch in Port Jackson shark and see some of the images that come up. They've got this gorgeous saddled pattern. And uh, with the way the water visibility was yesterday and the sun was out and so bright, it was glinting off her sides and it gave her this magnificent bronzy sort of a coloration um, to, to go with that uh, saddled uh, patterning and coloration. Just absolutely gorgeous and and we, you know, absolutely love these things, seeing them in their, in their natural environment, making their way through the marine sanctuary. Point Cook, for whatever reason, seems to function as an extremely important, uh, what we call a lasmobranch uh, sanctuary, a really, really nice uh, area where the uh, the sharks and rays hang out. Um, so still seeing a couple of eastern shovelnose and sparsely spotted stingarees or a fiddler ray yesterday, but for the most part, I think they've started their migration uh, to wherever they go. I would love to be able to secure a grant uh, one day uh, funded grant to be able to study the fiddler rays. Um, now the southern fiddler rays in the news for all the wrong reasons and some of you might remember my uh, interview with P.T. Hirschfield who was instrumental in setting up the Rays Awareness and Project Banjo um, campaigns where there was uh, unfortunately some horrendous incidents of animal cruelty, uh, particularly towards the uh, the peninsula, the Mornington Peninsula side of the bay. Uh, you're thinking Rye and Blairgowrie Piers where there was quite a bit of uh, damage being done to the local fiddler ray population. I don't know where our fiddler rays go at this time of year where, where most of them go, the, they tend to be little males that are in the shallows this time of year and then even they disappear and uh, you don't see too many of them at all until about probably Oct- September they start coming back, October they're back in numbers and by the time you, uh, you kick around to January there's heaps and heaps of them but I'd love to know if some of our fiddlers have been, uh, you know, perhaps they've been going down to the southern end of the bay and, um, and meeting a cruel end, we don't know uh, again I'd love to be able to uh, get some information on that and uh, and, and check it out one fine day.
Interesting too, uh, while we're on the topic of Elasmo Branks, unfortunately, um, the Margaret River Pro was uh, cancelled uh, last week, the, um, the the surfing event, um, due to some uh, very unfortunate shark attacks. Um, one that required a, a guy being taken off to hospital with some pretty severe leg injuries and another one where the, the board bore the uh, the brunt of the attack. Unfortunately, that part of the world, Gracetown, is what we uh, we certainly uh, would refer to as being a... Uh, a a hot spot. Um, it's it's one of those uh, areas where there has been a considerable amount of uh, shark activity now for a number of years, and unfortunately, some of those have uh, some of those have had fatal outcomes. In coming weeks, what I want to be able to do in uh, one of my next shows is talk about a, a fantastic book that's out on shark attack uh, by Dr. Blake Chapman. She's put together a, a sensational book on um, on uh, on shark attack. Very different sort of a book. Uh, uh, nowadays, if you pick up, pick up ten books on uh, shark attack what you'll find is 10 of them are pretty much going along with the same sort of formula this one really bucks the trend a bit and and gives an extremely balanced account and i was i was very very impressed uh reading this uh this book and have done a review for it recently for the uh victoria naturalist which is the journal of the field naturalists club of victoria that's the mob that are coming out today the uh, fncv uh, juniors are going to be coming out uh, led by patricia amaya and we'll be doing the great big beach combing exercise and having a good look around and uh, seeing what uh, see what we can see around the uh, around the marine sanctuary Okay, a uh, little plug for some of our friends up the road. Um, the La Niche Cafe at 67 Smith Street is just a few uh, a few doors up from uh, up from us here in the studios at 3CR at uh, 21 Smith Street. So uh, La Niche, they uh, they prepare fantastic coffees and uh, they're a, they're a wonderful little cafe. And here's uh, here's a little ditty for them. This one is the Street Cafe by Ice House. Like in Canada and in Australia, they cannot discharge tailings directly into the riverways. But in Pogara, they discharge their tailings in the waterways and they kill us and they say it's okay. You are just being killed for trespassing. Subscribe to 3CR, bringing you voices and opinions the mainstream media don't dare touch. They have the exclusive right to extract the mineral below six feet, but that exclusive right does not permit them also to kill people. Who does the killing? The company has uh, specially arranged security forces. Subscribe today. Call 9419 8377. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial. Before that community services announcement, that was Ice House with Street Cafe. I don't know if there's been a better Australian band. I uh, I like them a lot. I like uh, In Excess and, you know, some think Midnight All might get the gong there, but I reckon they're a brilliant outfit. Uh, Street Cafe by Ice House, a terrific little uh, song that probably doesn't get as much airplay as it should. Okay, uh, just before the break, I was uh, before the song, I was discussing 
discussing the Field Naturalist, uh, Field Naturalist Club of Victoria. I'll get that right. Um, they're located in uh, Blackburn, Victoria, and a very active group that get out and about, and they're always running field trips like the one today at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary. And they've got a whole bunch of different groups. Um, for example, they've got the Marine Research Group, which is headed up by uh, Leon Altoff. Um, they've got the Microscopy, uh, microscopy Group. Um, Philippa Burgess uh, looks after that one. And there's a whole bunch of others. They're a very wide range, uh, terrestrial, aquatic, and everything everything between that. They look at birds, the whole shebang. Uh, so if you, if any of our listeners are interested in getting out and about and seeing the great outdoors, I sometimes fear for people's physical and mental health a bit these days when they stay cooped up in an office and then cooped up at home and never seem to get out much. Um, if you're interested in these things out in the in the wild and you want to go check them out, uh, look them up. Um, they're, a, they're a terrific organisation. Whole range of ages, um, from very young people to very old people. Um, they're, they're a really outstanding uh, group. And that the sheer... One of the things that really sticks out when you go to a meeting of the Field Naturalist Club of Victoria, um, headed up by their uh, their president, Maxwell Campbell, uh, the sheer amount of experience in the room, uh, you go along to some of these seminars and stuff, is just amazing. You, you, you look at it and you think, well, with the average ages of these people and how long they've been employed in particular uh, careers for with regards to uh, naturalist um, ideals and naturalist training and all the rest of it, there's hundreds of years of experience in the one room at the one time. It's it's really awesome. So check them out. They're uh, well worthwhile uh, having a look at. While we're talking about checking things out, um, as our listeners will know, uh, 3CR Community Radio is one of these wonderful media outlets that is different to the, uh, the mega conglomerates that dominate today's media landscape. And, of course, what we do is function as a voice in uh, independent media. So, of course, we do depend on funding from our wonderful listeners and sponsors to keep us ticking over, and it's up to uh, independent fundraisers to help our programs uh, come along. So for Out of the Blue, um, our answer to that is to have a uh, our annual trivia, uh, trivia night, which is coming up soon. That's going to be at, uh, well, that's on Wednesday the 23rd of May from 6pm. We've got the trivia night at Highlander Bar, which is at 11A Highlander Lane in Melbourne. Tickets for that one are 20 bucks, and it's always a fantastic event. Um, always lots and lots of fun. Uh, a great event. Um, special mention too to one of our team members Heather McGinn, who uh, has really been, I guess, the driving force behind Out of the Blue and has done that now for a number of years. She's really the, uh, the the engine, if you like, that keeps us ticking over. I don't quite know how she manages to fit what she does into a 24-hour uh, cycle, but she, she somehow does. Um, she's been fantastic for our program now for a long time, and she's frantically coming up with another set of intellectually stimulating and hilarious questions for the trivia night, and I cannot wait to hear what she comes up with. She never disappoints, Heather. So uh, it's going to be a fantastic night and I certainly hope to see as many of our listeners there as possible. Okay, uh, we're getting towards the end of the show for uh, for today. A um, couple of interesting things to highlight on future shows. Uh, one is that uh, in June, at this point in time, uh, one of my shows in June, I'll be having uh, Dr. Kate Charlton-Robb, um, who is a member of the Australian Marine Sciences Association, but it's her work with the Australian Marine Mammal Conservation Foundation um, that uh, has been uh, first class. She, uh, for, for those that 
remember Kate. She's um, one of these people that uh, she basically discovered that there was a new dolphin living right under our noses, the Baranan dolphins. And I was really lucky to uh, see a whole bunch of them uh, swimming past from the shore at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary only a few weeks ago. They were cruising past. We saw all the dorsal fins and they were chasing this good numbers of pilchards around. I saw another bunch of them yesterday in the marine uh, sanctuary and they, they're uh, making their way through and obviously attracting quite a bit of um, interest from things like Australian salmon, uh, which which love chasing them and herding them together, and also the Burrinan dolphins. I, uh, you've got to be careful when you're approaching these things in the wild because you can't get too close to them, otherwise you violate um, some of the, uh, the the laws that are put in place. I think from memory, you're, if you're a snorkelling, you can get within 30 metres. Quite often, if you get to that sort of range, the dolphins will do the rest and they'll come up to within touching distance there. They're quite comfortable in a lot of cases um, near, near people. Uh, one thing that did concern us a little bit was there were some boats thumping through the marine sanctuary and uh, the dolphins no doubt got wind of that and they duck-dived under and took off and we didn't see them again. So the, probably the, the outboard motors are a bit noisy for them and uh, away they went. I went uh, swam out there. Uh, they were about 300 metres from shore, but by the time I got there, they were long gone. I was hoping that I'd hear a bit of a squeaking and turn around and find a dolphin looking uh, looking back at me. One thing I've never swam with before is the uh, the dolphins. So I certainly hope to uh, rectify that for one fine day and do that in Port Phillip Bay or somewhere and uh, check them out at close range. They are uh, they are wonderful mammals and Dr. Kate Charlton Robb will be giving us the uh, the lowdown on those in the not too distant future. So stay tuned for that one. Like I said, that's going to be in June and more on that one as we get a little bit closer to it. Okay, well, I better wrap up uh, today's show for uh, Out of the Blue, done for another Sunday. Stay tuned for Out of the Pan with Sally and please make sure that you have a very safe and enjoyable um, Sunday. See you next time. Sacanato Neo